So we had an opportunity this weekend to gather together with eight churches from across the area um, in this room. Uh, this represents our portion of that weekend, and um, we had an absolute blast um, getting to dive into the Word together in three worship sessions, um, led by our speaker, um, Eric Reed, pastor of Journey Church um, outside of Nashville, and um, led by uh, Ryan, Ryan John out of um, 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 Opelika in worship, and um, just were able to jump into John chapter 15 for the weekend, focusing on uh, 15 verse 5 um, of the book of John chapter 15, and it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so D-Now weekends are special um, for students and their spiritual formation because we get to learn those things together. Not only apart from the Father can we do nothing, but we are also created to live in relationships with other Christ-centered community. And so not only did our students get to gather in small group Bible studies led by um, young adult leaders, but also um, they got to gather alongside believers their age from across this area all diving into what it means to abide. Abiding is a little bit of a perspective shift for us as people because we all associate ourselves with something. We all associate ourselves with something outwardly, whether it's our job, whether it's the activities that we partake in, whether it's our family or our school so it's kind of Girl Scout cookie season coming up. And so I think about the Girl Scout cookie boxes. We know what they look like. They're color-coded for us so that we can just look at it and say, I'll take a case, or maybe that's just me. But when you see the patches that Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts put on their uniforms as they complete tasks, they're associating themselves with completing those tasks and those challenges and those markers that they have made in their lives. And maybe the things that you associate yourself with don't come with an iron-on patch, and they don't come in a color-coded box of Thin Mints, which is definitely the best one. But they all look like something, and the world sees it whether we put it in a patch or not, but we associate ourselves with something. And so when we abide, there is a tendency for us to do that same thing, to iron on a patch. Cultural Christianity would tell us that if we iron on the patch, if we, if we just clip on things like church attendance, or just reading our Bible and our heart is not in it, or doing all the things that we're supposed to do, without making sure that our roots are planted in the correct place, that that is enough. If we can just put enough patches on ourselves to make ourselves look like we are Christians, if we can do enough things that make us look and smell and talk like a Christian, then that'll be enough to save us. And so John in chapter 15 records Jesus flipping the script on that idea that apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. Not most things, not something, nothing. But he gives us a way to measure whether or not we are abiding. He doesn't just leave us there and say, abide in me, and then not give us instructions about what that looks like for us. The same way that an apple tree can claim to be an apple tree versus an orange tree. 
How do you tell an apple tree is an apple tree if it has apples, right? It would be silly if an apple tree started to claim to be an orange tree because everybody would be able to look at it pretty obviously and say, that is not an orange tree. We are characterized by the fruit in our lives. And while the fruit may be on the surface, for the fruit to get there, there's a lot of things that happen below the surface. Where the branch connects to the vine, where the vine goes down and digs its roots in deep, makes room for healthy growth. And unhealthy growth for any good gardener is trimmed away to make room for healthy growth. And so the Christian life, as we looked at this week, is we kind of looked at verses 1 through 11. The Christian life is made up of many daily routines and disciplines that keep our connection to the vine healthy. These are things like what we're doing right now, gathering in corporate worship and teaching together. It's what many of us did earlier of digging into the Word together in our community groups. It is things like a prayer life that is consistent and healthy, both private and corporate and with your family. It's things like fasting. It's things like giving. And the Christian walk is definitely more than these things, but it is definitely not less. And so as we look at this latter half of chapter 15, we're going to look at another metric of how healthy is your connection to the true vine. Now, this part of chapter 12 looks at love, looks at abiding in love, and we see that God's love is the example that we are to follow. God's love is our example. We see in verse 15 some pretty stunning statements. We are no longer slaves, no longer servants, but friends. We are no longer someone who is just working for the master. We are somebody who the master has invited along because he loves us. Now, we talk a lot about loving our enemies, right? That is, that is a great form of love, right? That is taking a step above. Love our enemies. That's what we are called to do. Romans 5, 6 through 8, and I'm paraphrasing here, says that while most people would not die for a good person, most people might not even die for a righteous person. But yet us, in our sin, Jesus died for us. Paul describes us in that chapter, in those verses, as as weak and ungodly people. But because of his great love for us, he died for us because he wanted a relationship with us while we were still sinners. But in John chapter 15, we see Jesus referring to us as friends, not enemies. But that's not even what makes his love so great. It's not that he has flipped the script from enemies to friends. It is that he laid down his life for his friends. Greater love has none than this, than the one that lays down his life for his friends. So he calls us friend, And then he shows the extent of that love by laying down his life for us. Because I love you, he says, I sacrifice my life for you. So this greater love practiced by God 
is measured by the price that he paid for us. This love is an agape love. It is a sacrificial love. It is sometimes an uncomfortable love that is modeled to us. It is the love that we are to show each other, our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a love that costs us something. Now, most of us could look around and look at different relationships that we have, and there's definitely surface-level relationships, and there's relationships that get a little deeper, and then there's relationships that go down deep. And having that surface-level relationship with somebody is not incredibly difficult, right? You just have to cross paths with them. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's somebody that you work out with at the gym at the same time. And, or maybe you're just kind of in the same season and you happen to just be crossing paths over and over again. So there's that common interest that kind of keeps the conversation going. But when, when a surface level friendship gets tested is when the relationship starts to cost one person or the other something. It might cost us patience, it could be disagreeing, it could just be different opinions or different just life situations that test a friendship. And that's when a surface level friendship either digs in deeper, right, or it just blows in the wind. And that surface level relationship may not be a broken relationship, but you know, maybe, maybe it, is, it is just not the same as it was. And so we've all experienced different kinds of relationships in our life that started out surface and then dug in deep as life continued to progress. And we also have people that at one time, at one place, we were, you know, surface level with each other. And then circumstances changed or there was a disagreement and that relationship is no longer what it was. But how much more did Jesus pay for us to have a relationship with him? A slight disagreement is enough for a surface-level friendship to be severed, and yet Jesus died for us, sinning against a Most High Father. And so God's love is not like our love. Our love in the flesh, outside of the Spirit, tends to have a lot of conditions and strings attached to it. God's love is at the deepest level because it led to sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with him. 1 John 4.19 says that we love because he first loved us. This is not only an illustration of the command, but it's the model that we are to copy. If any of you have ever put off something hard, if you're a citizen of the procrastination like I am, then you know that there's a difference between knowing what there is to do, knowing how to do it, and then actually doing it, right? Those are very different things. You can know what to do. You can know how to do it. But actually doing it, taking that step forward and loving others in the way that God loves us is what we are called to do. And it's a test of how healthy our connection as branches connected to the true vine. It's a test of our connection to the true vine. Does your love look like Jesus' love? 
Jesus doesn't leave any wiggle room for his followers. He says, this is my commandment, not my suggestion, my commandment that you love one another. So love is not optional. It begins with a command. He helps us understand that it's a command by being very kind to us and saying, this is my commandment. Sometimes some of us, me and Peter and other people, need it spelled out very plainly for us. This is a commandment. Do this. I don't know how many of you in college looked at the syllabus and said, okay, how much of this do I have to do? That wasn't me. Don't worry. But last week we read in 1 John chapter Two, that anybody who claims to be in the light but hates their brother or sister in Christ is still in the darkness. So that's taking the option. That's taking the option instead of taking it as a command. The connection is not as healthy as it needs to be. Now we can assume if Jesus spent the time to frame loving one another as a commandment that it was pretty important, right? He wouldn't command it to his disciples just before his crucifixion, unless it was important. But Jesus was not the first one to bring this up, as I know so many of you are aware. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, we see the command to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might laid out. And we aren't just to do it, we're to bind it on our hands. We're to put it on our forehead. We're to paint it on our doorposts. Why? In Matthew 22, Jesus reiterates this command as the great commandment and then adds to it to love your neighbor as yourself. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul, in the love chapter, in verse 13 he says, Now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Now if we are branches connected to the true vine... We're connected to a God that not only commands love above all else, but it's who he is. He's not just commanding it from a place of, I need you to do this. He is love. And he demonstrates that through Jesus. So if we're connected to the true vine, we are connected to the love that allowed Jesus to look at the cross and see it as the joy set before him, and he went forward with it. Just so that you know that the joy set before him was you. The joy set before him was you having a relationship with him because of his great love. Love is the best metric for us to check on ourselves as a branch. Do we love God with all we have? No? Then something's probably wrong with the branch. Do we love our neighbor as ourselves? Are we loving in our horizontal relationships as we should? Check the connection to the vine. And maybe those things are out of whack because maybe the loving our neighbor as ourselves is hard because we're not loving ourselves in the way that God loves us. We're not looking at ourselves as image bearers of God. We're not extending to ourselves the same grace that God extends to us. We can extend it to other people, but we cannot extend it to ourselves. Love is a command, and the reason it is a constant theme throughout Scripture, and the reason Paul said faith, hope, and love remain, and the greatest of these is love, is that eventually our faith is going to be made sight. 
And eventually, the hope, the hope of glory that we have in Christ will be realized. So we won't need those anymore. But love will remain eternally. And love is waiting for all of those who call on the name of Jesus. To be with Jesus in heaven is to experience that love on such a level that all we could do is fall on our knees and worship him. And that's the love that he models for us sacrificially on the cross. Love is not optional for the Father because it's inherent to his very nature. And if we're branches connected to the vine, then we can't afford to ignore love any more than an apple tree can ignore that they are an apple tree and they will bear apples. If we are connected to the true vine, we will bear fruit. And if God is love and the greatest of these is love, we will express that. And the trick is checking our connection to the true vine. Love is not an internal feel-good opportunity for believers. It's a roadmap for a lost world to see the Father. Because as Jesus says in John chapter 13, by this love, they will know that you are my disciples. They will know us by our love. A lost world will know who the church is, who followers of Jesus are by our love. We will know if we are abiding in the true vine by our love. Um, if we're friends of Jesus, we're, we're no longer servants who are following blindly commands. He's brought us along. The church is the bride of Christ and, and God's plan A to, to effect his purposes and his plans for the world, for his glory. This weekend, we had an opportunity to not only experience that love as we, ab as we seek to abide in Christ with our own students, with people from First Baptist, our little larger branch on the bigger vine, we also had an opportunity to experience that with the larger capital C church in our community. And so while we definitely want to pay attention to the health of our own branch, we want to pay attention to the health of maybe our uh, community group or an um, accountability group or a Bible study that we are a part of. That would be a slightly larger branch. And we definitely want to pay attention to the health of our church at large and even larger branch connected to the true vine, but we also need to pay attention to the largest branch of all, the church, the capital C church. The health of each branch contributes to the health of the larger body. We are all members of one body connected to the true, to the true vine. How much more could the church, whether that is First Baptist Church whether that is one of the other churches that was here at D now, or whether that is the, the church at large, how much more could we accomplish if we paid attention to our own branch, to our immediate circle branch, and to the health of the 
larger branches that we are um, a part of. What fruit is the world seeing in our life? Are they seeing love and other fruits of the Spirit um, expressed? Are they seeing a church that is experiencing that love in such a way that it drives them to take part in the disciplines that Jesus outlines earlier in chapter 15? How do you stay abiding? How do you remain, another word for um, um, abide, how do you remain in a relationship with Christ? We usually don't have a problem with union with Christ. That's the initial opportunity that we have to have a relationship with him. Union. That's what happens when we surrender to Jesus as our Savior. We usually struggle with the communion. That's the regular, growing, deepening relationship that we have with Christ. We got an opportunity to examine that this weekend, to look at the union is usually not hard, but the communion, staying consistently connected and intimately so with the Father. That love, that abiding, it costs us something. It cost Christ everything, his life, to show his love to us. And it costs us something as well. Our flesh wants to be comfortable like the world says to be comfortable. Our flesh would love to not love others as Christ loved us. And so I have a question. Do you know what vine you're connected to? We're all connected to something. We're all connected to a vine. Are you connected to the true vine? Are you experiencing that agape love on a regular basis? Are you abiding and are you remaining in that love on a regular basis? Does that characterize your speech? Does that characterize your relationships with others? Does that characterize how you approach God's word? Do you love God's word so much that you consume it like I do Girl Scout cookies? Again, I'm very fixated. I'm really excited about it. What does that look like for you? What steps are you taking to check on that connection regularly? Are you inviting people into your life to hold you accountable in that abiding, in that remaining? People who, would, who are not only seeking to be a healthy branch, who can look at you and say, hey, is everything okay? What steps are you taking in your life to keep your branch healthy? And then take an opportunity to look at Maybe your um, inner circle. Maybe that person who can notice if you, your branch is looking a little unhealthy. Maybe a few others. Is the branch that you're cultivating together, is that healthy? What is the fruit of that group? What is the fruit of our church? What is the fruit of First Baptist Church, not only in Dothan, but the world? Are we a large branch producing the fruit that we need to produce together? Or are we just producing really big fruit that is destined to rot in front of a lost world? So if you're here today, and when you think about the idea of a branch and being connected to the vine and abiding in Christ and abiding in love, and 
you say, I am not connected to the vine. I'm a branch, but I'm destined to wither and rot. Let me encourage you this morning to take a step of obedience and call on the name of the Lord. Put your faith in Christ today. Plug in to the true vine. We're all in it. We're all branches on the same tree, and we're just called to be the branch that we are supposed to be in Christ. Your branch might not look like uh, somebody else's branch. You may have a lot of little offshoots. You may be a little bit of a skinnier branch. You may be a branch that's a little bit more stable for climbing. I don't know. But Jesus said in John 14, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. The life to any branch who is willing to abide and remain in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the opportunity that you give us to abide in you. God, that you love us more than we could ever um, um, imagine. That while we were still sinners, you died for us. That we may have a relationship with you. I thank you for placing us in a community of believers who, who spur us on to good works. God, I pray for everybody in this room as we seek to just take steps of obedience day by day, as we seek to abide in you, God, that we would look to you as our example. And God, that we wouldn't take the option to love when it's hard, but God, as we lean more into abiding in you, God, that the overflow of that would just be fruit in a lost world. And so God, I pray that as you stir up the hearts and minds of people in this room, for all of us, God, that you would stir us to be regular in our um, obedience, God, to be consistent in plugging in to the true vine through reading your word, through praying regularly, through worshiping with the saints, through gathering with other believers and, and jumping into your word, through fasting, through giving, God, through the things that you have, through, through the tools that you have given us to stay connected to you. God, I, I pray that we would examine those things and that you would show us areas that, that maybe we need to improve on, God, that you would show us the way. And I thank you that we don't have to do any of that um, alone. We thank you for your spirit. And God, I pray for anybody in this room who is not connected to you, the true vine. God, I pray that you would stir their heart. God, you would soften our hearts to draw closer to, to you. We pray all these things in your son's name. Um, amen.